begin today by saying how grateful we are for last week. It was such a, a very special time together, and we've reminisced, I don't know how many times, over the Schrader grandchildren. That was just incredible to meet these young people, and I'm telling you what now, they do resemble their dad, don't they? Uh, wow, And but such a zeal, such a heart. They want to go back. They want to see souls change, and they want to see uh, people discipled, saved and discipled. And so uh, what, a, what an encouraging time. And then to have Pastor Schrader preach, uh, it's been a long time since I've heard him preach, and I think God really used him. And so it was just a real special time, and we're very grateful. I think it was neat to have the combination of the 4th of July and all the different things. Now, I just have to ask, how many of you have tried the new Bluebell, uh, the uh, monster uh, cookie dough? Has anybody tried that yet? No? Okay, well, I've tried it, and, um, you know, I'm not real big, big, big on cookie dough. I still like tin roof and pralines and cream and things like that, but it was good. It was, it was not, I mean, it's Bluebell. How could you say anything bad about it? But it was good. And so, uh, but I just uh, put that little bug in your ear. Some of you like that cookie dough. You might like the monster cookie dough, but I know some of you wouldn't buy it because it's got monster on it. And, um, but anyway, so we're going to look today at some exciting things. I want to just first kind of reminisce a little bit, um, some of you young people probably might never, uh, you've never heard your parents say anything like this, this is the last washing machine I'll ever buy. And this is the last refrigerator I'll ever buy. Well, I, see, we heard that with our parents. We heard that. This, you know, because you get quality, you get good stuff, and, you, and we don't know, but, you know, I... Uh, it's the last this that they're going to buy, last dryer, last vehicle. And um, so all of a sudden, now here we are, and we're saying the same thing. You know, this could be the last of that, or this could be the last of this. And so it kind of it, it kind of establishes the fact that I think we're all thinking about one day there will be a time that uh, this life comes to an end on this earth. And so, you know, you real remember the, the search I did. Uh, I, I searched for two years reading reviews and, and things on basically reliability on a truck. I just, I, just, I just did reliability, and every time I would read and check, uh, it seemed like Toyota Tundra always ca uh, came to the top. And so I ended up getting a, a, a 2020 Tundra, and we've been very, very happy. In fact, today, it started out, we had 19,000 miles, and today we rolled 49,000. So uh, it doesn't take long when you, everywhere you go, it's an hour and a half to two hours. It doesn't take long to rack up the miles on them. But uh, so there was a lot of research, a lot of planning, a lot of looking into it. And uh, but I think all of us kind of have a tendency to 
to be moving that direction. Now, you young people, you're not thinking about that. You're thinking, you're not thinking about those things that this could be the last of this, that could be the last of that. But as time goes along, pay close attention because I think you will begin one day to be thinking like that. If you live long enough, you'll be thinking that's a possibility. So with that little introduction in mind, Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 4. And I, wanna, I was actually going to just read 6, 7, and 8, but I was reading uh, prior to that. So we'll just back up to verse 2 and we'll read all the way down through 8. Verse 2, chapter 4, 2 Timothy. Preach the word. And that's what we're intending to do today. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch, thou in all things endure affliction, do the work. I find, I was just reading this over and that's really special. Do the work of an evangelist. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Then these are the verses I was going to really zero in on today. For I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all men also that love his appearing. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for the power of the Word of God. We thank you for the, the tremendous insights that keep coming. And Lord, for your faithfulness to reveal truth to us over and over. And uh, even when we feel like we're in a desert, you, you're there and you just continue to feed us your Word. And we thank you that it is food for the soul. We thank you that we have so much to look forward to and lessons to learn and applications to apply. And I pray today that you would speak through your word with your Holy Spirit, doing the teaching, and that all of us would be open with our hearts to receive what you have for us. And we'll be very careful to praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the, the Apostle Paul mentioned the fact that it's time, his time has come, it's ready, he's ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Uh, personally, I just have to say that from my very, and I shared a little bit about the call to preach, but my, from my call to preach, God has used the certainty of death to and the evidence of death to encourage me 
to every single opportunity that I, I have to give the gospel to people. I give it at funerals. I give it at weddings. I give it uh, during regular preaching services. And uh, every time I stand, I, I feel obligated that there could be someone listening or watching or someone here that's never really trusted Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, and it would be a shame for them to go through the service and not really hear that the only way to heaven is through faith in Jesus Christ, His shed blood, the finished work on Calvary. And so it's, it's important that we preach because the time of our departure can be at any time. We don't know. We, we, we think we're going to live to be 110 and die in our sleep, but we don't know how, how, how soon that day could come for us. We're just not sure. And, and so I think all of us, this is not, this is written to, to Timothy, but this is not just for preachers. I believe this is for the body of Christ. This is for all of us, all believers, that we should have a compassion and we should be thinking in, in light of, is that person saved? Not, not in a judgmental sense, but the opportunity to present the gospel. We ought to be thinking like that more and more. And, uh, and the certainty that, that they're going to face death one day and they need to be prepared. So we need to preach and teach and give away the gospel every chance we get. We can't ignore the fact. They, these are the facts. People, people don't like to talk about it. They don't want to talk about death and dying. But death happened, disease and uh, heart attacks. Just yesterday, my sons, both my sons work days now, day shift, and they received a call that a man had died. He, had been, he was out in the heat, and he was 67 years old. He was weed-eating. They were having a big family day, and the kids were coming in from... Other areas driving in, neighbors were invited. They were having a big day. He was out weed eating. And so he hadn't been seen for a while. And so they sent a grandson, or I think grandson, eight years old, out to check on him, found him dead in the garage. He'd come in from weed eating and fell dead in the garage. And both my sons ended up on that call. And I talked to Brian last night a little bit, and he said it was just it was just so sad. I mean, they're you know, he said they sounded like they were Christians and they talked like they were Christians. But but he said it was just such a sad scene because everybody's in total shock. I mean, here's a man, 67, out doing yard work and he ends up dying in his garage. I mean, nobody anticipated. Nobody expected it. He 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 was in, in the pride. They said he had no health issues. And he just fell over dead. And so we cannot argue. People can argue about a lot of things, but they can't debate the fact that death is coming and you need to be prepared and ready. Automobile accidents. The last research I did on automobile accidents, approximately back in the like 2019, 2020 and things like that, 38,000 people a year in America, and, and some years it's higher, but on average, somewhere around 38,000 people a year die in automobile accidents. I mean, you just can't, 
People go out in boats and the boats capsize. Get in an airplane. I, I, I just, I'm not trying to control how I die, but I'd rather it not be in an airplane. And so I've chosen not to get on one anymore. And so the way I might die in an airplane wreck is if it crashes on top of me. So uh, I, I don't, I'd rather not fall from the sky. I mean, I just, there's something about that. But, um, but anyway, you know, you just, you just have to be, the point is everybody needs to be prepared. And it's, and it's up to us, the church, the believers, we need to present the gospel to people and we need to be thinking, thinking about every time you have an opportunity and encounter. Now, I don't like the idea of forcing, like forcing it. But I think if you're walking in the Spirit, you will know when the Holy Spirit's leading you to witness to someone. I, I really believe if you're really walking in the Spirit, you'll be able to tell um, when it's time to, to witness somebody. Now look at the next verse. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. I fought a good fight. The Apostle Paul said he's been in a fight. And I believe he's referring to the fight that Christians engage in in life. And it's a real fight. I'm going to tell you, if you don't believe this, if you've not experienced it, I don't know where you've been. But I'm going to tell you, Satan is opposed to anything that's Jesus Christ. He's opposed to good, solid preaching. He's opposed to, to so many things. You and I can't imagine the forces, the unseen forces that come against the church, come against godly families. Satan hates Christ. And he hates us who name the name of Christ. And so we need to recognize this idea that we're not in a war, that we're not in a fight. Whoever dreamed that up? The Apostle Paul in several places refers to warring. And we don't war after this uh, approach. I mean, it, it's we're in a battle, we're in a fight. <clears throat> and, and he's referring to the, the fight that... Christians ought to be engaged in, and we ought to be alert to it. His mission, his, he didn't notice, he didn't say, you know, I've really enjoyed the, the fun things in life. I mean, he didn't say I've enjoyed all the picnics and all the sailing and my vacation. I went to Colorado and I, up in the mountains and it was so, it, it's not that. He's saying, I have fought a good fight. I have been in a fight. And I believe he realized the real enemy. <clears throat> because if you'll flip, if you will, look over at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Look there with me. It's important. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention some things I think that will be very practical. Uh, some things that we may have heard at seminars in the past, but, uh, but it's, it's, I think it's, it's some things that we can apply. Look at Ephesians uh, 6, beginning in verse 12. For we wrestle, this is again referring to the war, the fight that Christians are in, 
And if you don't believe it, just start naming the name of Christ and living the godly life. And you're going to find out there's an attack that's going to come your way. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, this identifies who the real enemy is. This is what the Apostle Paul is saying. We wrestle not. We fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. These are the unseen against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. I believe the Apostle Paul was trying to get believers to recognize who your enemy is. I fought a good fight. I've been in a fight. I'm in a war and, and I know the enemy. I know who the true enemy is. And it's not against. He had people. If you read people departed from him, people left him. He was uh, talked about. Uh, they were preaching in vain against him and using. I mean, but he didn't say that they are my enemies. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So I believe he was saying that the battle for the Christian life is not against each other. Although Satan is pretty good at it, isn't he? He's pretty good at making us think that my real enemy, the real enemy are all those that have left the church. That's the real enemy. They're the ones who are out there talking and, and spreading rumors and all this stuff. No, that's not our real enemy. Our real enemy is the devil, principalities and powers. And we need to recognize, and that's why it saddens me to think that mature, what we would consider mature believers fall for the lies of the devil and put believers at odds against each other. And, and mature believers fall for that. It's the old saying that we've been saying for years, divide and conquer, divide and conquer, divide and conquer. And Satan, is the, he is so good at what you got to give him credit. He's good at what he does. Divide and conquer. He will do it in the church. He will do it in our homes and folks, he does it in our nation. Our nation, this is my opinion, I believe our nation is more divided today than it's ever been in my lifetime. It is divided. I, th I think we really have, well, some people say we have like two countries within a country. I think we've got more than two countries within a country. It's crazy what's out there. And we are divided. And you know what's brought us together in the past? You would say tragedy. Tragedy. Hurricanes bring people together. Wars bring people together. But then once it's over with, then we go back to the norm. <clears throat> we go back to doing what we've been, been involved in before. Let me, let me throw out a couple of things. This is the practical side. I just want to throw something out. You've heard maybe some of this in the past. But, and I don't even know, it might have been in a seminar that we first heard this. I, I really can't honestly remember. I think it was. But when we recognize that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, so that's not against each other, we're fighting a war, we're involved in a war, engaged in a war. So let's 
be on the offensive as we engage in this war. For example, years and years ago, we lived in Willis, and there were places that we would drive by on our regular routes going somewhere. Joints, and I'll just, use, I'll just say joints. And I can, when even, uh, this was even further back, even I think when we lived over here, we prayed as a family, we'd go buy a joint, and we wouldn't stop or anything, but we would pray. And somebody in the car would probably pray out loud and ask God to rebuke the devil and his demons and that he would shut that business down. Now, I mean, that's, is that bold or what? I mean, praying that somebody's livelihood would be shut down there over there. They're doing immoral things, wrong things, selling all kind of alcohol and stuff. But we would literally pray. And you know what? Maybe it might take years, but we did see, and Julie especially prayed for this one place, and we drove by, and it was burned to the ground. And we all just shouted in the, in the car. I mean, we were just shouting, praise God. Praise God, it burned to the ground. Are y'all out there? I mean, have y'all ever done that? Have you ever experienced anything like that? Praying against something that's evil? Pray against it? Be on the offensive? Engage in warfare? Well, just the other day, Linda and I had to make a trip to Willis. So we're going back to Willis. And we were going to a, the NTR trailer place there on uh, uh, 45, but you have to get in on 75 to go get to it. I was looking for a rim for my trailer. As we came to the stop sign there, we looked off to the right, and there was a beer joint that we had prayed for years and years and years ago, and it had a for sale sign, big old sign, for sale. It was closed down. And we just rejoiced. I mean, we said, pray God. You know, it took years. It was, it was years, but we prayed. We prayed specifically, God, shut that nasty place down. And he did. Folks, get involved. Get involved. Get involved in the fight. Be engaged in the fight. I'm going to tell you something. And again, I said some of this is not easy. But I don't personally believe there's going to be any rewards for a believer against a believer. I don't think you, you might say, man, I'm in a real fight. I'm in a real battle here. I don't think there's going to be any rewards in heaven for people that are involved going against the word of God where God says, I don't want any division or disunity among you. So don't count on rewards for those kind of fights. I think it's important. I think it's important that we recognize the enemy and we go on the offensive and we take it. Well, look, let me just tell you this. I had this thought just this morning. <clears throat> And I'm not big on sports anymore. I used to talk about football and baseball and all this stuff. But, and I do have my famous illustration I'm going to put in here too. 
But what about, what about if you engage in a football game and you already know who's going to win? Every time. I mean, it's kind of like seeing one that's been recorded and you know the outcome. You know, you already know the outcome. That's the way it is for us as believers. We already know the outcome. We're already victorious. So get involved. Get in the fight. We're already winning. It's going to be a victory anyway. So go for it. Get excited. Well, here's my illustration. And, and again, y'all, please be patient. I brag on y'all about being the most patient people. Some of you have heard this six or seven times. And then any of the new ones hadn't heard it. They, and, and some of you that are getting to the age, it'll be the first time you've ever heard it. You know, I mean, you'll say, man, that, that's a good story. I have never heard that. And your wife will say, well, you've heard it six times. We've heard it. I got it recorded here. Anyway, this is my football in high school. I never made starting lineup, but I got to make the team because they needed somebody to be on the opposite side of the ball when they practiced. So they needed bodies. So we're out there on the football field, and, you know, you, it, it's high school. And we're, we're going around, and I'm, I don't know, I was playing guard or something, and this, the coach comes running up. You know how they do. They get right in your face, bad breath and all. And, you know, right in your face and say, Hovey, hit somebody. Hit somebody. Next time, hit somebody. So I said, okay, coach, I will. I will. I'll hit somebody. So I'm going along, the ball snapped, and I just go over and I just blast this guy. And I mean, I knock him flat of his back. I mean, he just goes boom down. And I was so proud of myself. And uh, the coach comes running over to me and says, Hubby, good job. You hit somebody. But next time, hit somebody that's in the game. He was on the sideline. The poor guy was just standing there watching the game. I saw him as a body, and so I just hit him, and I mean, I just nailed him. He wasn't in the game. Folks, that's such a good illustration, and I didn't read it out of a book. It happened. It's a good illustration. Fight somebody that's in the real fight. Okay, that's Satan. Go against what's going on here. It's important. <clears throat> the Apostle Paul used warring and fighting a lot. 2 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. Endure hardness as a good what? Say it. A good what? Soldier. As a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth, that warreth entangle himself in the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a good soldier. The key believers need to be in a spiritual battle, and the battle is against principalities and powers. And we need to be on the offensive, I believe, and pray against them and stand against them, resist the devil, and the Bible says he will flee. It's important to recognize your enemy. It's important to be engaged in warfare. And there's so many, though so much, our time is limited. Our time is limited. We all think we're going to live a long time. We don't know, just like that man yesterday. 
67 years old, in the prime of health, had no health issues, and now he's gone. We have no idea. We have no idea, but we need to be involved while we have breath, while we have life. We need to be involved in what God is wanting us to be involved in. And he tells us in 1 Thessalonians 4, 11, do your own business. Matthew 7, 1, we're not to judge, be judging each other. <clears throat> but take the, the, the beam out of our own eye so that we can help get the speck out of our brother's eye. It's important that we honor jurisdictions. So there's so many details about our activity, our lives that we need to be involved in. And it's important that we as believers are actively involved. I would suggest that when we come together, you know, I was thinking about our church too right now. This is not even connected but I was thinking about our church. This is kind of like a plane on the runway. People are loading up, getting ready to take off. But this is where our church is. We're about ready to launch into a whole new area with Pastor Swim coming. And we need to be in the will of God, following the leadership of the Lord as God takes us, this church, and we're on the runway about to launch into new areas that we've never been in before. And it's going to be exciting. And I hope you'll be aboard. I hope you'll see it. I hope you'll be a part of it because it's going to be really thrilling and exciting. There are rewards. There are rewards. The Apostle Paul refers to those as we kind of look back. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but all, unto all men also that love his appearing. Do you think about that often? I mean, you know, I don't think, I don't think we should be motivated to do right just for rewards. In other words, I'm going to do something to get something. I don't think that's the right motivation. But it is very clear in Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 talks about gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, and stubble. And everything that's tested by fire, whatever remains, there will be rewards for that. There will be rewards. So it's, I don't think it's wrong to think about the reward system that God is going to be providing in that day. It's not, I, I'm not motivated like I'm only doing it for the reward's sake. I'm doing it because I love the Lord and out of obedience. But there will be rewards. And in my heart, this is my heart. This is where I am today. I'm just concerned that believers go to church, sing the hymns, write their check, and they're going to look up one day after their life is done, like my departure is at hand, the Apostle Paul was saying. And I'm concerned that there's going to be a lot of people that are believers that there's nothing going to be left but ashes and ashes and ashes and ashes and ashes. Because we didn't follow the protocol of Scripture. 
the Word of God that lays out very clearly what we're to be involved in, what we're not to be involved in, what we're be to do and not to do. It's the life of obedience, the life of faith. And there are going to be rewards. There will be. You need to know there will be rewards, but there will be also lack of rewards for those who've been disobedient and not followed. And we think many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out devils? Didn't we perform many miracles? And he's going to say, depart from me. I never even knew you. And that's going to be a lot of people. That's why that one sermon title I saw, hell is going to be full of baptized people. You know, I think it's important. So this is, this is a time we need to look. It is, can we even exist without a bulletin? I mean, can we exist without a bulletin? Can we go through the Christian life and just not pay attention to the, to the real guidelines that really tell us how to live? I mean, it really lays out our life the way we're supposed to be living it. Can we go through life and, and ignore the fact that there will be rewards, but there will be lack of rewards for those that are being disobedient? And I just, I've, I'm cho- I've chosen not, I, not to be perfect. Nobody's perfect on this earth except the Lord Jesus Christ. But, but I've chosen. I want, to, I want to be obedient to the very end. I want to look for that crown of righteousness that's going to be given to all those that love His appearing, the Scripture says. It's going to be given by the Lord. There's nothing wrong with anticipating and looking forward to the crown of righteousness, the rewards that God has for obedient believers. So I think today could be a very big turning point in all of our lives. It could be a big turning point if we would just say, Lord, yes, I, I want to I finish strong. I, I don't know how long I've got left. I just want to finish strong. I want to be obedient to the end. I want to follow you all the way to the end. It's important. So what do you do during the invitation time? What what do you do? I mean, 1 Corinthians 13 is just full of, you know, what our life is like if we don't have love and if we don't have, you know, it's like a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. If we don't, we, we have the gift of prophecy, but we don't have love. I am nothing, Scripture says. So where are we? Are we going to respond during this invitation time? Or are we just going to have another invitation that's kind of very routine, very routine, and, and nothing really changes inside of our hearts? And so it, it's important. I, I feel like I've done what God asked me to do, present this to you, to all of us, that we would respond, that we would understand the importance of being completely obedient as the Word of God lays out for us. We need to know who our enemy is. The Bible tells us that. We need to be engaged in war, involved in war that really counts, not, uh, not with each other. And so it's important that we really begin to apply. That's what I like about the practical side of the Word of God. Let's be practical. It tells us what we're to do and not to do. Let's today draw our squiggly lines, start fresh, Let's start living completely obediently to, for the Lord. And there will be rewards for us in heaven. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we are so grateful to you for your goodness, your mercy, for the word of God that is so very, very clear. 
It is clear. It just makes, makes our, describes our life. That we can look forward to the, the end. We can look forward to our departure. Because we know it's coming. We can be certain it's real. It's coming for all of us. We just don't know when, the day or the hour. But we know it's coming. And we know we have an enemy. That we ought to be in a, a real war with him and not with each other. And I pray, Father, that we would sort through, that we'd be obedient, that we'd be take seriously the Word of God, that this invitation time wouldn't just be routine, wouldn't just be average, but we would see a real change of hearts in all of us, in me, all of us, that we would respond to you in obedience to the Word of God. So we trust you and accomplish to accomplish your will, your way, bring honor and glory to yourself. Father, we love you so much. And thank you for dying on the Calvary and shedding your blood and paying the, the complete price for all of our sin. We're so thankful. We're just so grateful. And one day in heaven, we will really understand how big this really is. We love you, Father. Thank you for loving us the way you do. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.